It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN as uh, we get things going on a Friday. And uh, uh, it's a little cooler than you would expect for this time of year, especially for the kickoff or football and stuff like that. But uh, by golly, we're going to do it anyway, and uh, we'll see. we get some thunderstorms maybe coming this way. State Fair still going on, and certainly cool for State Fair. That's for sure. How are you doing out there, ladies? Well, we saw sheep wearing coats. <laughs> Oh, wait, no. No, do I don't normally, think that's, uh, yeah, right, right, right. It, it is definitely has that fall feel in the air. It definitely does. And, and you know, so many times being at the State Fair when it's been just awful hot, uh, that has not been the case this year at least, and I think that's a little better for walking around anyway. Hopefully, I would take this weather any time over yeah. the 100 degrees that it tends to be during the State Fair. So. That's Sunday or Monday. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it might be coming. All right, what do you got for us today, ladies? Well, we are going to kick it all off at 1213 as Don Caldwell will join us. Don is on actually new to the Nebraska State Fair Board, so she's going to give us her thoughts about the fair as we head into day number eight. 1219, of course, every Friday we've got Al Dutcher on, so he'll join us and give us an idea of what the forecast holds as we head into September and that first Husker football game tomorrow at 12.45. It's Leslie Boswell. She is with uh, Common Ground. She's also here today, I believe, with the Farm Bureau. And also, as if she's not involved with enough, uh, her family provides the hogs or the sows for the birthing pavilion. And this morning I got to see five little babies born, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, and if people wonder uh, where the babies go after they're born here at the State Fair, well, tune in and you'll find out. And then coming up at 117, it's our Big Iron Realty Fridays in the field. Head to the northeast part of the state and check out more happenings with uh, Chad Moyer. All right. Very good. All, all kinds of things. There's not much cuter than a baby pig. I'm sorry. And they are just really cute. And, I agree. And and then they baby get... Baby calves. They're pretty cute. Baby they calves. Pretty cute. Lambs born. Yep. The chicks are busting out constantly. There you go. Well, lots going on. So, thank you. Thanks, guys. Have Thank fun. You. Oh, yeah. We turn it over to Jason Jorgensen. I always, see, uh, always love a baby wombat myself. Really? Mm-hmm. I, they're, they're awful cute. Cuter than a bug and a rug, right? All right. <laughs> That's Jason Jorgensen. Everything uh, kicking off here. Yeah, there's some college football to talk about from last night. Of course, Nebraska gets things started tomorrow morning at 11. Two more Big Ten teams are in action tonight. Michigan State and Wisconsin will hope they do not have as... Many problems as the Minnesota Golden Gophers did mm. last night. They were nearly bitten by the Jackrabbits at South Dakota State. And been interesting to uh, get some thoughts on that. Uh, From yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to Susan later about yeah, that. So. if she was watching that and on pins and needles. Also, Husker volleyball starts tonight. Big mm. match against Creighton. Nebraska's ranked second. The Jays are 18th. They'll play that one in Lincoln tonight at seven. Creighton's grown that program. They haven't sure they? have. All right, we turn it over to Bob Brogan. How are we doing today, Bob? Well, stocks are flat right now in trading. Technology companies and banks are doing their part to try to lift the major indexes. U.S. consumer spending grew slightly in July, a little bit of a gain that suggests American shoppers are driving the economy forward. And uh, also opponents of the Keystone XL are asking the state Supreme Court to reconsider its recent ruling that uh, upheld state regulators' decision to approve the project. All that and more. All that coming up on Midday. 
Hi, I'm Dewey Nelson, and January 21st is the new date for our South Pacific Wonders Tour with Colette Guided Touring. Explore the tropical splendor of the Great Barrier Reef on Australia's northeast coast. Visit the beauty of glacial fjords on New Zealand's South Island. Cruise Sydney Harbor and Milford Sound. Meet Australia's wildlife up close. Discover the wonders of Aboriginal culture. All this in the company of the top tour managers in the business. Colette makes travel easy and fulfilling. All the details, flights, meals, hotels, sightseeing, and local experiences are all taken care of. Your only job is to have the time of your life. Don't miss out on Colette's South Pacific Wonders Tour. To learn more, visit krvn.com or call 800-581-8942. Again, the number is 800-581-8942. It's why they travel. Colette. Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. Paul Perkins in studio with us had some uh, decent storms roll through southern Nebraska last night. Yes, uh, pretty much the southern Nebraska, one to two inch rainfall totals falling in much of southern areas of Nebraska on kind of a scattered basis mm-hmm. um, over the southwest part and also into south central and southeastern areas. Uh, northeast Kansas seeing about three to four inches of rain wow. in many locations. Upwards of five inches in a few in- instances with that storm moving through. And they got more chances for it today. Huh? Exactly. They're a little bit closer to that front, eastern and southern Kansas, so a better chance for some thunderstorms and maybe some heavy rain with that. Otherwise, we're watching some light rain move out of the Nebraska Panhandle. It looks like the bulk of this activity is going to stay across northern Nebraska for the time being. Some light to moderate showers towards about the Gordon area on into western Cherry County down into the Scotts Bluff and Bridgeport area. Most of the activity with this system over southwest and south-central South Dakota, but that system gradually getting closer and bringing us some chances of some rain later on for today and tonight. Well, certainly enough clouds out there across the state and cooler temperatures. Again, we feel like October a little bit. Yes, I guess it is football season with the weather going on right now. But right now, temperatures on into the mid-temper 60s for the most part across the area. A lot of cloud cover in most of the area, but we are seeing some sunshine from about Ord on into northeast Nebraska. Temperatures on into the low 70s as you head into southeast Nebraska and on into northeast uh, Kansas. In behind the passage of that cold front today and tomorrow, mostly cloudy, unseasonably cool. Temperatures 10 to 15 degrees cooler than usual. Scattered thunderstorms possible with a couple of disturbances that will track southeast for today and then another night for another for tonight into tomorrow morning. The better chance of some thunderstorms will be right near a cold front that's over eastern and southern Kansas after tomorrow. The forecast mainly dry and warmer as we see a ridge of high pressure expand from the west. By Labor Day, the warmest of the next seven days, we'll see a warm front lift to the north and see many of our temperatures into the upper 80s to the 90s. Temperatures slightly cooler than normal by Tuesday through Thursday with a pair of cold fronts. In our long-term forecast, the Nebraska and Kansas temperatures are likely to be seasonal to warmer than normal for Wednesday through September 12th. A better chance of warmer than normal temperatures over western areas in the long term. Early September daytime highs for central Nebraska, usually in the upper 70s to low 80s with average overnight lows in the low to mid 50s. Above normal rainfall is likely for Nebraska and Kansas Wednesday through the 12th. That better chance of rain in the later periods towards next weekend and the early half of next, uh, the week after that, and that will be, of course, the week that does include Husker Harvest Days. Key weather factors in the market include ongoing slow progress for row crops and a close watch on the track of Hurricane Dorian. Most of the country's weather fairly quiet the next several days. Occasional thunderstorms will occur from the southern Rockies into the Midwest and Northeast. 
Late-season heat will reach the plains during the weekend, briefly affect the Midwest and much of the east early next week. That's going to lead to variable temperatures in the Midwest through the next 10 days, where crop development is two to three weeks behind the average. Crop Corn and soybeans remain vulnerable to a loss from a freeze that's even with an average occurrence of a first freeze that we could see some losses if that freeze occurs at the average time. Northern Plains crop weather favorable for filling corn and soybeans, but crop development also well behind average. A season-ending freeze will need to be later than average for crops to reach maturity. The Canadian prairie crop area temperatures will vary through the next week. Crops there also need an extended growing season to escape damage or quality reductions from a fall freeze. Hurricane Dorian is forecast to further intensify the current forecast project Dorian's eye to cross the Florida coastline on Monday or Tuesday with the storm's forward motion starting to slow down prior to landfall. Regardless of the exact storm track and intensity, the southern Atlantic region looking to need to brace for a prolonged period of high winds and inundating, inundating rainfall as um, the coastal sturge also moves on shore with that storm system. Yeah, it, it picked up some steam and stuff, so it, uh, it could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. possible Category 4 mm-hmm. hurricane for the eastern Florida coast. In some of those areas, they haven't seen actually a hurricane for a while. so It's, it's hard to believe. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. But Husk, if you go into the Husker game tomorrow, mostly cloudy skies, a 50% chance of rain to start off the game and about kickoff, but that does dwindle to a slight chance, starting off with some game temperatures of around 68, warming up to 72, and some light easterly winds at about 5. Right now, not expecting the game to be canceled because of any severe thunderstorms. <laughs> you know, thankfully that we don't need another like accident. Yeah, well, and you think about it. It was what uh, three or four years ago we opened up against uh, Fresno State, and it poured and poured and poured. I was at that game. Too. Yes, I've been. Yeah, I've been into some yeah inundating rains, or, or it was just raining the whole time, or yep. just a light rain. I know one time, and I've been. In, I could. Uh, I think it was San Jose State. I was in the North Stadium, so we were getting all that sun, uh, and it was like close to 100 degrees that day. Oh, uh, just <laughs> this time of year, you just never know. Do you? Exactly. Yeah, but if you're going to a game around here, football game around here on Friday night, probably bring a coat along with you. Yeah, potential for some rain and thunderstorms, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look like we're going to see a big severe weather threat. You know, the severe threat very low, and you know, on the cool side, maybe by the end of the game, if you're if you kind of get chilly when those temperatures get into the 60s. All right, very good. Thank you, Paul. Where do you go to check in on your weather? KRVN.com. It's time again this week. We get to visit with Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist Al Dutcher. I'm Shaley Peters on the Rural Radio Network. And Al, it's been a rainy one to start the week. We've seen sunshine. We've seen just about everything in between. What can we expect headed into the last weekend of August and the first week of September? Well, difficult forecast going forward. The precipitation from many of these models over the last few weeks has vastly overestimated the precipitation and the placement of the, pre- the maximum precipitation has been drastically off. Uh, otherwise, us here in southeast Nebraska would be floating away if we would have relied on those forecasts. Yet we see that most of the areas that have had the excessive precipitation have been from central Nebraska westward. In a case last night wasn't a typical example of another thunderstorm developing that brought a severe hail and tornado to southwestern Nebraska. Yet most of eastern Nebraska was left high and dry or with very little in the way of substantial precipitation. So as we go through this weekend, there's good news and bad news. The bad news is that we're probably going to be dealing with clouds and 
some off again, on again, light shower activity, particularly in southeast and east central Nebraska, uh, as we go into tomorrow for the first official football game of the season in Lincoln. Um, I think we'll be dealing with some very cool conditions as that cool air moves into the state. But more importantly, what we're going to start to see is a quick rebound in temperatures across western Nebraska. As the cool air starts to slide off into the upper Midwest, we will see the 80s return in earnest to western Nebraska. And that will intensify as we go into Sunday, and we'll start to see some of those 80s push into eastern Nebraska. And it looks to me like there is a little wave that will light along the periphery of the ridge, and we'll have to watch that Sunday night into Monday morning. At this point in time, it looks like it's going to go through South Dakota and skirt northeast Nebraska and not come down the Missouri River Valley. Therefore, we are likely to see uh, temperatures in western Nebraska moving up in well into the uh, into the 90s, mid 80s to upper 80s northern Nebraska, and then we will also see some lower to mid 90s across southern Nebraska. And during the overnight hours of Monday into Tuesday, the cold front from the Dakotas will push southward, bringing us back into below normal temperatures for a couple days. And it doesn't look like much in the way of significant moisture as we get more of a zonal flow. And the main precipitation activity remains up in the upper Mississippi River Valley and the Great Lakes region. And then at the end of next week, it looks like the ridge tries to rebuild temporarily for a few days before yet another cold batch of air moves into the Dakotas. And most likely will move through our region as we get into next weekend and the early part of next week, bringing a return chance for precipitation, but keeping very cool conditions in the central and eastern Corn Belt. But for the most part, it looks like we're going to be going up and down over the next 10 days, a couple days of above normal, a couple days below normal, but overall we're probably going to average normal temperatures. The biggest issue that we've been dealing with during the month of August when we come in cooler than normal over the eastern two-thirds of the state, one to two degrees below normal, was that we were seeing anywhere from a 5 to 10% reduction in solar radiation as measured by our mesonets. That's a pretty significant reduction and it does go to the fact that we've been exceptionally cloudy this month and that's primarily the reason for the cooler conditions. It hasn't been for dramatic cold air coming into our region from the north. It's been more just excessive cloud cover. And unfortunately, we will be dealing with that off and on every time one of these systems comes through. So a lot of clouds the first half of the weekend and a lot of clouds projected for next weekend. Hopefully, we'll see mostly sunny skies for the remainder of the period between these two weekends. That's Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist Al Dutcher. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Time for us to take a look at sports here on this Friday afternoon. And Jason Jorgensen in here with me. And we get some uh, football started tonight. Just about here. Uh, Just about here for the Huskers. Scott Frost, second. Nebraska begins against South Alabama. All indications are that his big turnaround project is heading in the right direction. The Huskers are projected to be one of the most improved teams in the nation. Even though they finished just 4-8 last year following a dismal 0-6 start find themselves in the preseason top 25 for the first time since 2014 and a popular pick to win the Big Ten West. Uh, folks be looking for a lot of things from these guys tomorrow. Well, and Frost said yesterday what he wanted to see, that, that people thought that they were faster and that they were bigger. And so uh, that, that weight program is really going to be a key to this. Kickoff tomorrow at 11. We'll join the Husker Sports Network right here on KRVN. At eight. Now, tonight's college football schedule has two games involving top 25 teams. 
18th-ranked Michigan State opens up its season against Tulsa, hoping to produce more offense after scoring just 32 points in their last four games of last year, and 19th-ranked Wisconsin could have their hands full as they battle South Florida. K-State opens up the year at home tomorrow night against Nickel State and Hastings College. They begin their season tomorrow night at home against Panhandle State. Cubs host the Brewers today, looking to bury another wild card competitor after sweeping the Mets over three games this week. In doing so, Chicago pulled five games ahead of New York for the second wild card spot. They're four games in front of Milwaukee. Nebraska and Creighton open up the volleyball season tonight as the Huskers take on the Jays at the Devaney Center. And head coach John Cook thinks this is a great way to get the year started. We've got to decide to move that to Friday night. I think uh, NET is going to televise it. And, yeah, it is a big deal for the state. And there will be a lot of Nebraska kids out there. And, and uh, so it's it's good for volleyball. Again, two, two top ten programs. You know, going at it uh, opening night. And you start to year ranked second in the country while Creighton is actually ranked 18th. But last year, the Jays gave the Huskers everything they wanted before Nebraska won that epic match in five sets in front of a huge crowd at the CHI Center. Uh, we will have the Huskers match tomorrow night over on Cami Country Legends as they take on UCLA. High school football action tonight. Kozad begins the year at Ord. Head coach Brian Cargill is looking to replace quarterback. Mr. Cole, and he's got a couple of guys to choose from between Nolan Wotovic and Jacob Engel. Adam, of course, three-year starter, was exceptional for us. Um, the one thing they'll kind of ease that is our experience up front with our offensive line and then all of our returning backs. Um, so we're going to try and you know, do what we can on those end, that end of the deal uh, to try to make Nolan or Jacob uh, uh, comfortable back there so that they can have some success and move the ball. Kickoff tonight between the Haymakers and Chanticleers is set for 7. You can catch that game here on 880 KRVN and 93.1 The River. It's Elm Creek at Overton and over on Cami Country Legends. Lexington will host Crete. It's always fun to try to pull off this triple header. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Start the year, but I think we're in good shape. I think we'll be ready to go. We've done it a few years, so uh, we should be we should be getting there. So should be fun. Should be fun games. Huskers. I last I saw still does a thirty six point uh, favorite. Uh, what do you think? They think they cover that? Uh probably. Yeah, you'd hope so. I hope so too. If it's close, everybody will be. You know, I know, right? Biting on their fingernails and wondering what's wrong. So it's not going to be Minnesota, though. It won't be Minnesota. You would hope uh, not. South Dakota State. Gophers were in a battle last night. They did not look very good. Hmm. Interesting. I'm not sure the best team won last night. I'll just keep chopping wood, yeah. I guess. Just keep <laughs> Rowing the boat. Row the boat. That's a check of sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Thanks, Jason. Time for us to check in on our regional news, and we got Dave Schroeder in studio. Good morning, Dave. Hey, good afternoon. morning, Scott. Good afternoon, Scott. You got me uh, pulled down there. And, <laughs> and hello to everyone out there, and hope you're having a safe travels today, especially those visiting the Nebraska State Fair. Opponents of the Keystone XL pipeline are asking the Nebraska Supreme Court to reconsider its ruling that upheld state regulators' decision to approve the project. They say TC Energy, formerly known as TransCanada, acknowledged in a separate federal lawsuit in Montana that the pipeline route approved by Nebraska regulators wasn't one that the company wanted and that the company hadn't proposed it as a serious option. 
Brian Jordy, an attorney for the opponents, say those comments run contrary to what the company's attorneys argued before Nebraska Supreme Court. TC Energy argued in Nebraska that the so-called mainline alternative route was a legitimate option. Nebraska regulators rejected the company's preferred route but approved the alternate pathway. A Douglas County jury has convicted a Bellevue man of first-degree murder in the 2018 killing of an Omaha resident. The jury deliberated only two hours yesterday before finding 39-year-old Philip Figures guilty of the murder charge and a weapons count in the death of 57-year-old Frederick Green. Key to Figures' conviction was the testimony of his wife, Vanessa Figures, who said her husband had told her he and another man entered Green's home, beat him, and demanded money. She said Philip Figures' accomplice later shot Green in the leg, panicked, then killed Green to keep him from identifying the shooter and Figures. Vanessa Figures went to police taking items stolen from Green after she said her husband threatened to kill her if she said anything. If you're driving to your holiday destination, it's costing you a little less. AAA spokesperson Jeanette Casolano says the average prices of a gallon of gas in the U.S. is pretty cheap right now. The national average going to Labor Day weekend is $2.58, which is actually actually the cheapest we've seen it since uh, 2016 um, over the holiday weekend. So many motorists hitting the road for the holiday are going to find pretty cheap prices, especially um, in comparison to Memorial Day, which kicked off this summer. Well, even with the threat of Tropical Storm Dorian, AAA officials say they're not expected to rise. And President Donald Trump has declared an emergency in the state of Florida as it braces for the brunt of Hurricane Dorian. Trump, whose Florida properties could sustain damage, has warned that Dorian could be an absolute monster. Reporting on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Dave Schroeder. live from the 2019 Nebraska State Fair and I get to visit here with Leslie Boswell. You are a common ground piglets went to kind of a unique situation. Talk about that. This week I am so excited about what we're doing. The guy that took the two sows on Wednesday wants to start a pick a pig project for 4-H. He hasn't done it before, wasn't even sure it was a good idea. He kind of said how do I do this and and we gave him the in the 4-H extension agent's name and they're going to try to put together a program south of Hastings for kids that are in town and don't have access to a farm so that they can come out, they can pick their pig out, they can come out to the farm and work with it and wash it and walk it and do whatever and then at the fair then they can show. What a fun thing for a kid who's never been exposed to a farm or animals, what a fun thing for them to do and I wanted to ask also um, how this, you mentioned your grandfather was involved with the idea of getting this set up. Um, how have kids over the years reached out to you, and what has that relationship been like, and have you been able to follow up with any of them? There have been a few that we've had dealings with over the years. We like to get information back from them, like this is what my herd is now. Some of them we do hear from, not very many. I wish we could get more. But it's just wonderful as far as we're concerned that these 4-H kids and FFA kids are starting their projects or building on their projects with our hogs. And what an opportunity for them again. And I know going back to the educational aspect of it, of course your work with Common Ground specifically, but even I'm sure with the Farm Bureau, um, 
education is a big priority for you. It absolutely is. With Common Ground, we try to connect with consumers to explain how the food is grown, how we treat our animals, and try to make them not fear their food. But here is a perfect situation where you can go into the birthing barn and see how the pigs and, and the calves and lambs and everything else in there are treated. Uh, if they need to be treated for something specific, the vets in there will explain that. All the people in red shirts are either vet students or veterinarians, and you can ask them any question. That's why they're there. But also on the grounds, if you go through the hog barns or the beef barns, farmers and ranchers want to talk about their farm. And if you've got questions, ask them. If they're not really busy with the show right at the moment, they'd be glad to spend some time talking to you about what they do. So you have mentioned the gentleman that's taking him for a pick and pig project. Where will the rest of the sows go from this year's state fair? He took two of the sows out on Wednesday. That means there's three left. And they're going to a 4-H uh, member and I believe from somewhere north of Grand Island I don't have the name right now the veterinarian that's in charge of the birthing barn this year has lined that up but she said it's going to be a good one so I can't wait to meet him and more on the state fair notes uh, as far as the livestock is concerned what's been some of your favorite things from the state fair I know you've been out here several days I love the fair I have never missed a state fair and I'm really pleased with it out here in Grand Island. Um, it's just a fantastic facility. But I love the animals. I like the smell of the barn. I love seeing all of the different things and the educational things. Like right now we're standing in front of the parade of breeds for the dairy cows. You can look at the different breeds. You can see the different sizes and the different colors. There's information on what makes them different and why each one is useful. There's so much education out here. Plus, it's a great time to connect with old friends. And a beautiful day at that. Pretty much the whole state fair has been great. So come on out. You can visit with Leslie. You can visit with any of the producers out here at an exceptional educational opportunity. It's Leslie Boswell. She's with uh, Common Ground. She's with the Nebraska Farm Bureau and visiting with us today about her family's involvement with the sows at the Birthing Pavilion. For the Rural Radio Network from the Nebraska State Fair, I'm Shaylee Peters. It's time for us to check in on the stock market, see what's going on there. And we usually take a gander at uh, what's happened overseas, the world markets, and uh, all green across the board there. As the Japanese Nikkei was up 246, the Hong Kong's Hong Kong's Hang Seng was up 21. The FTSE in London was up 22. It's had a good week. And the German DAX index, also a good week. It's been up 100. Here in the United States, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 10 pretty flat right now the nasdaq the nasdaq is up thir- down 32 and the s&p down uh, about one right now bob rogan in with us for more indexes have turned mixed in trading at this midday on wall street after giving up some early gains losses in tech companies outweighed gains in banks industrial stocks and elsewhere in the market energy companies fell as crude oil prices slumped campbell soup rose after uh, reported quarterly profits that beat analysts' forecasts. U.S. consumer spending grew six-tenths of a percent in July, a healthy gain that suggests American shoppers are driving the economy forward. The Commerce Department also says personal incomes rose just one-tenth percent, the smallest gain in ten months. Ford is recalling more than 550,000 trucks and SUVs in North America because seatbacks may not properly restrain people in a crash. The recall covers certain 2018 through 2020 F-150 pickups. 
2019 and 2020 Super Duty trucks, 2018 and 2019 Explorer SUVs, and 2019 and 2020 Expedition SUVs. All have manual driver or front passenger seat uh, front passenger seat back recliner mechanisms. Also included are some 2020 Explorer and Lincoln Aviator SUVs with rear seats with manual seat back mechanisms. Opponents of the Keystone XL pipeline are asking the Nebraska Supreme Court to reconsider its ruling that upheld state regulators' decision to approve the project. Attorneys for the opponents filed a motion Thursday, actually yesterday, for the court to rehear the case. They say TC Energy, formerly known as TransCanada, acknowledged in a separate federal lawsuit in Montana that the pipeline route approved by Nebraska regulators wasn't one the company wanted and that the company hadn't proposed it as a serious option. So opponents of the Keystone XL are um, filing some paperwork to try to um, derail the Keystone XL pipeline, even though the uh, state Supreme Court recently ruled that the all things were done the way they were supposed to be done, and basically gave its blessing to the Nebraska Public Service Commission in the way it conducted its business. Those are stories we're watching, and uh, uh, we'll have more stories throughout the day. All right. Thank you, Bob. The big gainer right now on Wall Street, Campbell's Soup. They are up six points. If you are uh, in cosmetics, not a good day. The Ultra Beauty, which uh, the company that owns Miss Magazine, is down 28 points. Estee Lauder also down three. That's our business. Moyer with you here on the Rural Radio Network. It's time for another Fridays in the Field segment brought to you by Big Iron Realty. And, of course, we're visiting with our farmer from Pender, Nebraska. He is Brent Svoboda. Brent, thanks for visiting with us here today. Uh, Quickly take Back to about six weeks ago, we were battling the thistle caterpillar. So how did that battle turn out for you guys? The caterpillars, they were out there, and, and they kind of blew up. The population really took off, and it was getting to the point to where threshold levels were being met, and a lot of guys started spraying. And at about the same time, there was a bacteria that got into the soybeans, and, and you, we started finding the caterpillars would get big and orange and, and kind of get slimy. And, they, and that bacteria was killing them off. So it was it's kind of a natural thing that happened there, but uh, a lot of guys went ahead and sprayed anyway. Which, so there was a lot of damage done from them at that point. So about that time is when you were doing some tissue samples and looking at supplementing your nutrition program. Kind of talk about uh, what was going on there that time. We went ahead and uh, tissue sampled all the corn and soybeans, and uh, we just kind of like to see where we're at. At that time, things looked really good. Well, I think I said in the last time, we, we looked as good as we ever had that point and some of the samples came back a little deficient in a few stuff so we we went ahead and adjusted our program and and applied what we needed to there then it just hasn't rained since then so (laughs) i was going to say that's the next thing is we need rain and unfortunately here in cumming county and wayne county area rain has been pretty sparse in the last few weeks huh yeah july and and august here we just haven't hardly caught anything for rain we're just very fortunate that it hasn't been really hot and windy stuff's holding on pretty good but but 
but we've definitely taken the top end of our yields out of what we had for potential that was there. So as we stand here this week, how would you describe the physiological progress of the corn and beans? Kind of where do we sit, compare that to normal? I'd say the beans, some of the earlier maturities are starting to change a little bit, and they look pretty good yet. I I think we're going to be about average soybean crop around here. The corn, I think we're still a good week behind, kind of like we have been all season. Hopefully we can catch some decent weather to, to finish it out good and some more rain to uh, to fill out those years and stuff and get some test weight in, into that. Well, that kind of brings us up to present. One thing we wanted to talk about during this week's session was uh, an experiment that you were a part of. It's an example of soil health. Tell me a little bit about this experiment you did this summer. Yeah, soil your undies is what they called it. So we went out, it was Memorial Day weekend, and we planted a pair of underwear out in fields and just in random places. Um, kind of in the top six inches of the soil. The biological activity in your soil will decompose that cotton, and and that's kind of an example of how much activity there is in your soil and also kind of how your residue and that's going to break down from previous years out in your soil too. So we went out here. They've been out since around Memorial Day and we just dug them up here so it's close to Labor Day now. I was really kind of surprised there's there's not much left of, of some of them and, and the difference between the corn and the soybeans too. The soybeans, there there wasn't quite as much breakdown in those and then you know the soybeans don't have as much fibrous root mass around the base of the soil either so that's kind of where that biological activity likes to base is around your root zone and around that root so kind of a good gauge if we need to make any changes or if we're not doing a good job with something we need to do something about it. What is it going to take to finish off the corn and soybean crop to uh, what you would call a successful harvest for 2019? If we could catch some more rain just kind of get that test weight out there and finish filling out those pods and the soybeans and you know we're still a good month away before we till we get started probably but uh, if we can just keep that heat up there. I know it's been cold the last couple mornings here, so we can we can at least finish that crop out. Again, we've been visiting with Brent Svoboda. He is from Pender, Nebraska, and he is our Big Iron Realty Fridays in the Field update from Northeast Nebraska. Here on the Rural Radio Network, Chad Moyer reporting. KRVN is celebrating the Nebraska State Fair's sesquicentennial. Pay a friendly visit to our rural radio broadcast booth. We'll be in the southeast corner of the Pinnacle Bank Expo Center. There you can interact with our staff, find the latest market information, register for the Ram pickup, and a whole lot more. Also be sure to listen for feature coverage from every corner of the fairgrounds. It's KRVN at the 2019 Nebraska State Fair. Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network as we talk with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel's Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. John, as we take a look at the close, it came back to that spread action, but soybeans held on for so long, then closed those outer months in the red. Yeah, it was a pretty nasty day here. I, I Grains, obviously, uh, corn and soybeans, summer row crops didn't, didn't do too much outside of the, the range they traded in, but ended up really right around unchanged for the week. Um, but I'm watching the euro, and I'm, this is more of a macro picture here, but really concerned here, the euro below 110. We haven't been below that level for about three years now, and kind of feels like maybe you're seeing some, some stuff hit the fan here with Brexit, and um, that could cause a little meltdown in, in the outside markets, which could pull an already uh, you know battered ag trade lower. Chicago wheat get the headlines today. There's just a lot of long stuck in that right now, and uh, you know spread spread exiting in Casey versus Chicago. Um uh, kind of leading everything down here but uh, plenty of grain available which is what we we know this is the day that the uh, SEP1 stocks report are going to be taken this is the end of the marketing year so everybody's trying to kind of get their affairs in order about what's available uh, we now have it behind us here and I think the trade will probably 
look a little better on Monday morning if the macros don't fall apart. And talking about those macros, we also had deliveries come in and a, nearly a thousand contracts on Chicago wheat. Given the euro lower, the dollar super higher, does this put more pressure that maybe Chicago can't recover from this down day? Yeah, I mean, everything is short. So, I mean, we're not record short corn, but we've got a decent short position on. Casey's record short, Minneapolis is record short, soybeans, Garnier record short, soybean meal almost record short. Just hence the theme there. Chicago wheat is long. they got a hefty long position on right now with spreads drastically above where they need to be, in my opinion, 50 cents, uh, I'll shoot 70 cents into the close today on Chicago versus KC, which is usually, you know, historically a 30 cent premium the other way. So you might see some reckoning here with the end of the harvest. Uh, again, that Euro weakening is a big deal because Euro, Europe is, is going to supply the world with wheat here in the short run. They had a big crop on, on increased planted acreage. So they're going to undercut the Russians, which are probably going to need to drop their prices as well. So if, if you know, I, I look at the Chicago wheat contract as a decent short here, just given the fact that everything else is down. And if everything else is rallying, maybe wheat can come back too. But uh, this might be the reckoning point for it. It says, uh, I think the market was a little concerned about supply being available at, at this time. And uh, as we saw yesterday, uh, with the deliveries being posted, it wasn't. So much like the other markets, uh, I look for selling Monday in the Chicago wheat, especially if the euro is lower. Again, John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago. You can learn more about their business at danielsagmarketing.com. Again, that's danielsagmarketing.com. We'll close lower and settle lower on the front. September corn down one and three quarters. Those September soybeans do end in the green up three quarters. And that'll do it for our midday program on this Friday here on KRVN. To hear today's midday program in its entirety, go to podcasts on krvn.com.